Hey, welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2022 is brought to you by the organizational team, Cole, Tess, and Theron. A very special thank you to all of our participants, without whom this event wouldn't be possible. And now, on to the episode. The story you're about to hear was performed live on Daraglan. Inspired by folklore and fairy tale, it was written to explore ways of storytelling and songwriting that were new to us. There are many things in this world to be feared, Eason's mother told him, but nothing more destructive than magic. She didn't ever tell him this directly, but it was made known through stories, through jokes and through song. The town had long cast away anybody who dared train the innate abilities understood to lie dormant within them all. But travellers still came through the village and always carried their own stories with them. Vibrant cities, great whirring machines spun to life by expert spellcasters, food and drink of every variety you'd ever dream of and more. He yearned for it, but knew his mother would never let him go. She found great spectacle in the wizards, the performers who had passed through, but it was no life for a respectable young man. So the day that Easton realised skipping stones across the lake, willing them to glide further and further, had turned out to be a training exercise in disguise, building his magical abilities, he was overwhelmed with anxiety and excitement. He knew exactly what could be done about it, and there was no better night to find yourself in need of a ride to the city than the Moonlight Harvest Festival. I know you had some plans for me There's so much that you can't see Oh 
Inspired by the energy of the harvest celebrations, he made up his mind, scrawled a loving note to his mother, placed it on her bedside table, and disappeared into the night, stowing away in a pile of sweet roots bound for the early morning city. kerosene glow of the city was charming from a distance, but Easton's hopes were dashed the second he clambered out of the rolling wooden carriage at its destination. The air was thick with burning oil, large rats crawled the walls of broken shop fronts, and a low, grinding rumble filled the atmosphere. He found himself employed at a massive pump shed atop a churning river, working in exchange for food and board, and all day he turned a huge wooden wheel alongside hungry children, pumping the city's water supply uphill where it was needed. Trapped but determined to survive, every day he would wheel the wheel to turn itself, and within a week his magic was powerful enough to run the machine alone with ease. His experiments were noticed by a tall, stern woman by the name of Alcina who saw his raw potential and took him under her wing, promising to put him to good use. She was warm at first in her own intense way, but every time she took Easton to another level of the factory, she expected more and more and more from him. And all the while he worked for the same meagre scraps and a thin, scratchy mattress. At her will, he turned massive gears, boiled great cauldrons of water and incinerated forests worth of trees. She could not be satisfied. And even when things were going right, she seemed to be frustrated to have to deal with him at all. Whenever he made a mistake, she fumed and spat and scorned him. How foolish she was to let him work for her. She pushed him to his limit. He would ask her again and again where the other spellcasters were. She would tell him others were too difficult to find and she didn't want to make the same mistake again. At first there was a flicker They saw the fire in you And it wasn't long before they wanted more produced Nobody leaves this city till your broken bruised and burned And nobody decides the work is done until they have your head Always working hard and so you'll always move up In the name of progress for the company to consume And if you find those flames you know it won't be long you're praised again for your consent to burn right up without dissent Because your bones were never yours, my friend And you need to be carefully trained and bruised and broken This is exactly what you wanted, I never once deceived you So don't you worry, my friend, I know what you can do And if it brings you some relief, no so yes, we'll find a use for you Eventually, Alcina found Easton his place in the factory where it was most needed 
A night shift sat beneath the gigantic boiler that warmed the pipes for the entire city. And there he worked, turning every shred of his emotional energy into warm, tepid tap water for the city's elite to wake up to. By day, he collapsed in a heap, dreading the night to come. He became consumed by anger. There was a grand city far from the slums. Alcina had spoken of her home there like it was nothing. She would stay late and complain about how hard she had to work, the problems that came with wealth like hers, and made dark jokes about how weak the children were who turned the pump wheels down below, how she despised their grubby neediness. She seemed to hate him. And so they worked. During the late shift when everyone had left, it was just Easton in his place and Alcina in her office. For countless nights, he fumed alone beneath the gurgling boiler and became so used to the frustration, consumed by it for so long that it was his baseline. There would be no end to this, he was sure. But tonight, trying to calm himself by thinking about skipping stones across the river, His pain and rage ticked over into furious apathy as sparks rose around him. He no longer felt anything but a swirling tornado of energy rushing out from his very core, the very essence that had been stifled all his life, breaking through and streaming out as burning flames, tearing through every machine in the factory, bursting water lines and melting cauldrons. The floor beneath him crumbled, and he fell through the blaze, down through the smoke and into the dark, turbulent water that ran beneath the building and was swept off into the night, bound yet again for the unknown. Easton barely remembers pulling himself from the river, can't recall the trek to the nearest town for food and shelter, but the momentum of the current pushes him forward long after he has left the water. He passes through many cities, each more like his hometown than the last. He thinks of his mother, who had warned him that only suffering could be found in the city, among the cobbled streets which seemed determined to lead him astray and the perpetual shadow of the tall buildings which blocked out the sky. And if she was right about the city, maybe she had been right about everything else. He leaves his window open at night, because he can, and because the cool air is a far cry from the flames that had sprung from his core that day in the boiler room. One morning... He wakes to the sound of laughter, sees bright bursts of colourful fire soaring across the sky through his open window. The festival is in town. He wanders onto the street, joining the crowd as they follow the performers in awe, and doesn't stop when they reach the edge of town. The villagers fall away, but Easton stays with this colourful and beautiful group who wield their gifts with such joy. They do not ask him why he has joined their caravan, nor do they expect him to join them in their performances. They simply offer heartfelt smiles and warm company. He doesn't use his gift, but the building pressure within him to let it out is also gone. Easton doesn't know how long he stays with the caravan, only that he knows when it is time to leave them. They pass through a small town on a rainy day, It's people less excited to see them, but somehow more welcoming. He slows as he sees a child jumping in the growing puddles, supervised by a parent who is diligently keeping the rain off them both with an absent-minded gesture of their hand. 
In a neighbouring field, a farmer leads her herd of cattle towards the safety of the barn by speaking in their low, gentle language, made possible by the glowing fingers she has pressed to her throat. The caravan look at him knowingly, pull him into embraces so strong he thinks he might break in half, and move along without him. He watches until they have passed beyond his sight, letting the rain soak through him, chilling him to his bones. And slowly, hesitantly, he cups his hands and wills a small flame to spring to life on his skin. The unease in his stomach makes itself known and so he allows the flame to grow larger and larger until the fear in him has protested itself into submission. He extinguishes the fire by bringing his hands together, a faint smile on his lips, and turns to introduce himself to his new home. I'd ask you to tell me what is right, but I don't think that matters anymore. Not sure where I've ever felt alive But nothing feels like it ever did before Sometimes your first choice is not the best one Sometimes you have to break a bone to heal But wasn't it all worth it in the end If it helped you find what's truly many things in this world to be feared, Easton would tell his children one day, but nothing more destructive than quashing your own light in order to support a world which will never support you in return. He would tell them this directly, proudly, fervently, in any way that he could, through stories, songs, small everyday acts of love, 
all who came to know him would marvel at his ability to draw out the gifts which lie dormant within us all. Written, performed and produced by Eamon Connolly and Ashley Huxtable. Original songs and soundtrack by Friends of the Chaos. Go and find us. Now, here's a little story that must be told about a kid who found out about the magic of old. He was relaxing, getting good at skipping stones when he realized that skill was the essence of the soul. So on the first night of the season's harvest, he wrote a note to his mother and left on a cart that arrived in a city of big rats and oil and trash and he was hungry and cold with no cash. Oh no! So he found a job in a pump shed and used his magic to get good at it. Well, a big tall lady by the name of Alcina took him under her wing to train his magic skills bigger. Well, things got a bit tense and he felt bad, so he accidentally burned the place to the ground. The whole thing fell down and washed away in water and he was picked up by a caravan of performers. They wandered town to town until he found a magic room and then said goodbye. Thanks for helping me not be alone. It took a little while to heal from the trauma, but the moral of the story is it's don't exploit workers. Magic his hand, you know he's always got a plan. Go! Eastern, have you been turning the wheel? Well, my bones are very tired. I gotta take a rest. Get Intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is composed by Benny James. Our graphic art and logo are by Matthias Storelli. You can support International Podcast Month by sharing and talking about the event. And you can even buy our team members a Kofi. Links are in the show notes. Follow us at PodMonth on Twitter and use the hashtag PodMonth2022. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and for more information about the event. International Podcast Month. Celebrating creators, sharing listeners.